0: Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Chris Adams out of London with us today, and he is the owner and founder of The Tech Show. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Chris, and let everybody know uh, what you do.
1: Well, hi. Um, So I am a digital transformation consultant, which mostly means I spend time as a software architect and also working with... um, processes for businesses, trying to make them a little bit better, a little bit faster, that sort of thing. I am the host of uh, That Tech Show, along with my co-host, Sam Gregory, as well. Uh, We've been doing that since uh, February 2021, I think. And I'm also a founder of a home automation or a hotel automation business as well, actually. I'm just about to get that one off the ground. And I'm a DIY renovator as well. So not only am I working from home, but I'm also renovating it at the same time. And that's only been four years so far.
0: <laughs> well, this is why I have my guests introduce themselves because you said that way better than I would. And I I was just telling uh, Chris before we started recording, I could read your bio, but I'd rather hear it from your own voice.
1: I think my bio is different every time I say it anyway. So, <laughs> you know, we're probably just best going with what comes out of my face at that particular moment in time. <laughs>
0: uh why don't you go ahead and break it down how long have you been working from home Uh, how did you get started and who are you serving
1: that's a great question so uh i mean pandemic has definitely triggered more working from home certainly i have been before if we go sort of pre-pandemic i've been working doing digital transformation consulting for a long time now uh we're probably getting on for sort of six or so years on that but i think it's probably the two years prior to the pandemic i was working two days a week three days a week in uh, birmingham uk and um i the other two days were working from home so i was a mixed mixture a sort of blend of being in the office and working from home and i think the the thing that was a little bit different for me is my whole industry has always been you know obviously technology has always been there's, there's a huge thing around co-location and teams working together and being on site. And I've always been a big motivator of that as well, like leading teams, building successful organizations. And, you know, a huge amount of that comes from being in person. And I was starting to find with the two days working at home was a great break from having to travel so much up to, up to Birmingham and back, which from London is it's about two hours drive. Um, but, you know, it's enough, right? And uh, so we were staying overnight in, in Birmingham. That that two hour, th- Those two days a week were giving me the chance to review code because I have to do that sort of stuff in my job or, you know, actually do builds myself as well, like building software or, you know, allow me to get into the detail and have a bit more focus time. So you're then starting to create this split between the people motivation and giving people the energy to do their thing versus my time to actually get stuff done and i was really enjoying that split i think it became a little bit more difficult when the pandemic hit where you go actually how am i going to motivate people from afar you know that has always been a challenge in the tech industry i mean i uh, i'm a former amazon employee and we were split all across the world i mean i was responsible um for Launching Prime Video in Europe, um, up to a degree. And the, uh, there was, we had 45 teams that were in three different continents. And so you're having to figure out how do you coordinate people all around the globe and how do you create that energy. And, um, it's always very different. It's very you, you don't feel an energy that comes through a Zoom call. Um, it, it's 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 different. It's very different, and you have to find a way of trying to give that same sort of uh, that same sort of vibe. So, um, you know, I've been working all from home, I guess, on and off, sporadically, let's say, um, where I needed to get my head down and get some stuff done. But I've always been a fan of working in person, and you know, I think it's been a huge shift for the whole tech industry frankly because i don't think many of us are going back to the office i just don't think that's really going to happen so you know we had to figure out at the start of the pandemic how we we're going to work together and now you know we're going to have to continue to get better at that because i largely i don't think we we're, we're going we're going back and but realistically it does help us right because we're able to um to start interacting with more people around the globe our our, our, com- our companies now don't become restricted by um by geographic location anymore not in the same way it's very different
0: mm-hmm. uh so when you were working in Birmingham those two days a week and you were staying over were you in a hotel were you like almost like on a retreat every single week where you were just like uh, so yeah. focused on work yeah
1: absolutely it was um it was like a work retreat so we had um I think we had a team of about seven or so people uh who were staying overnight in hotels for for two nights a week and which was Cool. Actually, it was entertaining. It, it was it was quite nice to to have a sort of camaraderie, I guess. Uh, you know, being able to to build a team and then have a team that is going out for an evening meal together and then is coming back and maybe having some drinks in the bar or you know those sort of things as well. And so you 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 know it it does create a different vibe. And again, that's a vibe that we lose from working from home. But you can do it if you've got that mixed blend.
0: So you were less lonely than I was imagining because I thought it was just you that was traveling, but it was actually a whole team of people. Uh, Were you like all staying in the same hotel and like talking Uh, about work all evening or were you like going back and just working individually?
1: uh, We were generally a pretty good team, actually. We generally socialized together and we would do a lot of things, um, which was great, actually. I mean, it would have been extraordinarily lonely, I think, if we hadn't had that. So it was really nice to be able to, to build a team, to understand—I mean, people were from all over the place. I think I might have been. There was certainly one point where I was the only uh, British person there. You know, we had we had a we had an Australian, an Egyptian. Um, we had a, a guy from Abu Dhabi. Um, where, where people from all over the world. Um, so it was it was really interesting the way we were sharing that sort of culture. Everybody had a different thing that they wanted to do or wanted to talk about, different perspectives, and so we were. You know, we would talk about work, but also in the round we were team building, um, oh, yeah. which was, yeah, which was really um, interesting.
0: Were these people traveling from their home countries for these meetings or the, med- the oh, meetups no. or was I mean, that just like they were local?
1: This is the nature of London. So we were working for a for a digital cr- uh, consultancy in, uh, in London called Palladium Digital. And um, I'm friends with one of the founders. He's a great guy. And I've been doing work with him on and off for years. Um, And it's his consultancy. They're a great firm. They do really cool product innovation and they do um, great uh, sort of digital work as well, developing digital products. And so we were working for a venture capital-backed firm to design them a brand new system. Um, you know, it was, a, it was an organization that had been around for, um, you know, since the 1970s, pretty much. And they hadn't really had much of a new technology in there for a while. And so they were they now got venture capital backing. They wanted to do something really new and unique. And so they'd hired Palladium Digital to be able to deliver this experience. So I was working as a consultant for Palladium to be able to deliver this, okay. this thing. So there was a mixture of product owners, uh, business analysts, uh, me leading the technical side of things. And uh, we were designing a product, building the product, training their team how to do it, using an outsourced partner from India as well, and an outsourced partner from uh, uh, Ukraine as well, to actually deliver this, th- this this thing, this new product for the, for the business. Um, so, yeah, it, the nature of London is you have people from all over the world anyway. So, all of these right. different nationalities, they were all mm-hmm. living in London, and we were living all traveling there, there together. Okay. Which was also yeah. cool because it meant we could do like a convoy on the way back. So as we were driving down the motorway, you know, we'd have uh, several cars in a row and a, a, a way of communicating between the cars, which was right. at least fun for at least a couple of uh, a couple of trips.
0: <laughs> that is cool. Uh, and then uh, where was that was the beginning of your first experience working from home and a hybrid situation. And then. Uh, when does yeah, Amazon that was the beginning of the picture. Sorry, say again. Oh, go ahead. I was, at, <laughs> I was asking when does Amazon come into the picture?
1: Uh, well, so I was at Amazon like over a decade ago now, and before remote um, work, way before remote, way before remote work. <laughs> um, so I think the challenge for that was uh, that we weren't working from home in that scenario, but we had to coordinate offices around the globe. You know, so it's a similar issue, but mm-hmm. obviously you don't get the benefit of you know your commute being you know a few steps. If yeah. that makes sense. Uh, but you've still got the same problem of being able to communicate with people and how do you sort of break through those barriers and, and be collaborative? Because I think, you know, the tech industry is all about being collaborative, really. These, mm-hmm. these products are created by people, ultimately.
0: So you having that experience, though, got you one step closer to the international thing that a lot of people are experiencing unexpectedly in addition to working from home remotely.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, I think there's a lot of tools that are out there that are designed for inter- for interacting with people, whether it's, um, you know, something like Teams from Microsoft or it's uh, Slack or any of those sort of collaboration tools in the tech industry we've been using them for forever you know we've mm-hmm. been using the prior versions of those you know um so it <laughs> you know it, it's one of those things where all a lot of my experience at least from sort of 2010 onwards um has all been international so you know i left amazon and i went to tesco which is um i think it's i think it's going to rival walmart in terms of size of uh supermarket chain okay. um is i think it was in the u.s as fresh and easy for a while but i don't think that worked for them um I but feel like yeah i
0: remember those, those
1: yeah yeah they were they were around i was listening to an old mark Maron podcast the other day and he referenced it and i was like oh that's funny uh, <laughs> but the um yeah they're they're live in pretty live they exist in as physical stores in most of the world just they never really broke america um right. so yeah, the uh, I, I went to go and work for them, and they were dealing with, again, a similar problem where they had 3,500 engineers that were sat in India and you know we had people distributed throughout Europe, and you've got to solve a problem of how do you all communicate? How do you all interact with one another? And then how do you deal with time zones? Um, so I think we were, as a, as a tech industry, we're probably ahead of the game an awful lot. And actually, I think largely, most of the developers have always wanted to work from home because I think if you're a developer, the fact that you have to commute, uh, you know, to commuting in London is gonna take you an hour each way generally um that's two hours of the day that you've lost that you could have been writing some code you know and yeah. it's a very different mindset right so you know you you get you, you get your head down and you're in this uh it's very much in a zone and uh yeah if you can avoid having to commute with other people then i think you'd rather <laughs> take it so i think largely the thing that was holding people back was uh was the rest of the business actually you know
0: well, and then if you extrapolate that out, then, you know, two hours a day is 10 hours a week if you're doing a five-day week. Oh, and yeah. that's one quarter of your work week, you know, that you could have, you know, oh, yeah. been doing something it, else or working more.
1: <laughs> it absolutely ramps up. I mean, I, and, uh, you know, I, I know there was a a quote that keeps sticking in my mind from, uh, from a previous business where um, – I really want to name them, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> maybe I will. I might break in a minute. But the um, the CEO for the play, for this business big firm, and he said uh, that you know I'm i not I've not got any problem with people working from home uh, as long as they do their nine to five in the office first. And you're like oh, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing oh. the point. You know, and I think you know largely we needed this. Um, we needed the pandemic in a way to to change people's way of working so that we can actually all go and yeah absolutely it pushed it for the right reasons and um you know i think now we're probably figuring out okay how do we actually reconnect with one another because i think it's 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 like one of these the pendulum swings everything always goes from one side to the other side and you know uh we maybe need to bring it back a little bit
0: right and i have talked about this in the you know previous episodes some of the upsides and downsides the pros and cons and like working from home has been wonderful for some people and terrible for some people for different reasons you know and so like you know we always say you want to find that balance and it's not going to be there for every single person but I think that um the more and more the the work from home culture is you know growing, I guess it's, it's becoming more easier, becoming more easy. Um, you know, if people <laughs> that are isolated, you know, feel that isolation to like an extreme degree, you know, they need to find a way to connect. And for people that are getting their work done better and faster and, you know, uh, more efficiently, you know, their, their bosses are seeing that, but others can't because now they're trying to juggle too many things at home in addition to work.
1: Yeah, I think that's the challenge, isn't it? How, how do you deal with juggling those home things, really? Um, because it is very easy to sort of get distracted with other stuff that's going on. You
0: are renovating your home. <laughs> do you, Yes. How do you not renovate while well, you should be getting your work done?
1: <laughs> um I think i would rather avoid the renovation after four years so it's relatively easy more the thing for me it's getting from one mode into another mode so at the end of the day you know and and you know for for when we're recording this this is my end of the day yeah. uh, end of my working day anyway so i will be breaking from this podcast and going right i know i've got a uh, mantlepiece mantelpiece i have to install later on this evening um so i better get on with that and then i've got to motivate myself to actually shift modes move into that mode and and do that and um yeah it's been difficult to be honest more than I'd expected to um but this is the funny thing like it all it all kind of weaves together really where we were talking about the hotel staying in the hotel um when you know when I started I'd probably been about a year into the renovation when I started working in Birmingham and we'd done we try to have like an architect and a builder and stuff like that. It's a, it's a Victorian property on the outskirts of London in a place called Walthamstow. And um, it's, so it's, it's 120 years old and um, that's quite young for the UK, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) so standard, standard age, I guess for, for this part of London, Um, probably quite significantly old for America, but I guess, you know, because it's so old a lot of it needed completely destroying. So we went entirely back to brick with everything. Uh, We've replaced all of the floors, we've replaced all of the, it was actually illegally converted into two two flats. So we've converted it back into a single house, but it was a great opportunity to go, well, actually we should put some automation in here as well. And we should, you know, have, a better way of controlling the heating. Like I don't want to just turn the heating on and have a default setting for the whole house. I want to be able to control the rooms individually and which is unusual definitely for the UK. Um, And I want to be able to have like voice control and an app and all that sort of stuff for uh, for my house. And in fact, Largely, it was my wife saying, well, you're techie, aren't you supposed to be able to figure this out? And I was like, well, are you sure you want to go this route? And then here we are four years later, and I've created a, ho- a hotel automation business off the back of it, because this is trying to solve problems for my own house. Like I've got myself into a mess, and now I'm trying to code my way out of it. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we've, uh, we're have we're still not done after four years, um, but we're pretty close. I'm hoping that we're going to be done pretty much by the end of the year. I mean, we were due to have a kitchen installed tomorrow, which uh, is a replacement for the attempt that I made about four years ago. Because, um, you know, some things don't work out when you do them for the first time. But unfortunately, due to the way that things are in uh, in the UK at the moment with, the brex- with Brexit and post-pandemic, we have no materials available to us. So my, my kitchen install has been pushed back like two months i think uh i don't think
0: that's just you guys though because i think that with the shipping crisis right now that um you know everybody is explaining you know experiencing that sort of thing probably worldwide
1: that is true i do think we're feeling the pressure of it a little more i mean i mean i think it's it's especially because we've now not got the deals we had with europe so for example i bought a tiny window the other day not available in the UK. Could not get hold of it at all. Not until 2022, uh, and we're, we're you know we we're, we're, uh, November 21 at the moment, and uh, I could not get it in the UK. Managed to find a Polish guy, had one, put it in the post for me the following day. But then I had to pay 90 pounds for the, the import charge, which previously oh, would have been free. Um, you know, so they have all these materials in Europe, but now I can't afford them. That's the other issue that we've got. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, there is definitely a global issue with post-pandemic having materials available because the supply Mm -hmm. chains are all disrupted, shipping is all disrupted. But um, yeah, I think we're starting to feel the pain of uh, the Brexit decisions in the UK quite significantly now.
0: Uh, To change gears a little bit, uh, go (laughs) back, you were talking about, um, you know, how many hours, you know, you might work in a, in a week with, you know, Mm. plus a thing. And you were saying, um, when I asked you a few questions before we met in the Google form, you were saying that you're still working like 60 hours a week. Can you talk about like, is that split across more than one thing right now? You've got more than one project in in mind.
1: Uh, That's true. So I I probably put in about 40 hours a week for my main client um, working as a digital transformation consultant. And then I haven't really counted up the amount of hours it probably takes me to be a podcast host. I mean, it's, I do. It's quite a lot. It's work. Go on, how <laughs> many? <laughs> Absolutely, we share this in common. Um, I mean, fortunately, I have a co-host, and so we kind of split the responsibilities. Really, I tend to do the. Um, the the booking side of things, uh, you know, the bit upfront and a, and then a little bit of the marketing side. Of, I do all the automation for stuff as well. So like we've automated all of our, um, you know, our, all, all of our behind the scenes database manipulation and then sending out the social posts and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then Sam will tend to do the editing and uh, work with the editor on that as well. So, okay. um, so I do the upfront bit, he does the after bit and then we kind of both do a bit of the social media stuff together. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it takes a fair few hours, I guess. And we probably do uh, maybe one or two recordings a week. You know, that Mm -hmm. takes 90 minutes. We're talking three hours there. And then, you know, most of the automation stuff takes a little bit of the pressure off now. But obviously, I had to put the time in to do the automation. Um, And then I am a founder of a hotel automation business as well, which, again, came out of staying in hotels, being annoyed by that, um, living in a house, trying to automate that. Um, Hotel automation came out as the natural sort of uh desire for how i could apply the technology i developed to myself and and you know get that out in the world so you know i have a small team that works with me on that uh we're about to launch it properly
0: when i hear you say automation in my mind i'm translating that to the smart technology that we have is that the same thing Uh, that we're talking about it
1: is yeah so the idea is that we have like a tablet so imagine you walked into a hotel you would have a tablet in your room and from that tablet you can change your lighting you can change your heating you can change you can order room service you can book a a stay in the restaurant or stay you can book a a, a table in the restaurant you can um, book a personal training session all of that sort of stuff and then that gives the hotel also a huge amount of uh data for how people are using their hotel but at the same time they can measure their electricity consumption as well because all of the things are hooked up um, mm. and they are able to then actually deal with a bit more home working because imagine in a post-COVID scenario where maybe you had two people on the front desk and now you can't have them because you need social distancing well actually one person could re- can work the front desk remotely because they can chat with the guest and they can deal with the bookings and all of that sort of stuff so trying to bring some of the automation into some of some of that stuff some of that magic into hotels that really haven't it evolved very much, really, in the last sort of 20 or 30 years. You know, we're still working off these magnetic cards that you use to activate your lights and scan in the door and you stick them in your pocket and your mobile phone wipes them and then you have to go back to the front desk and get it redone. <laughs> you know, I have felt the pain of this uh, having, having stayed in, in, in Birmingham. So we're trying to, um, you know, take all of that stuff and, uh, you know, home automation at the moment is a bit like the Wild West really it feels to me it's very like the late 1970s where there was the sort of home computer boom of everybody you know you can get all these magazines and diy kits and you can do this then that and the other but we haven't really got the macintosh yet you know we haven't got the big thing that makes it a a a thing that everybody can use everybody can get off the shelf and that's pretty much what i'm trying to do with, with the hotel automation business so that we can actually have something that is a, you know, the hotels can buy it. We can automate the hotels. It gives you this thing that you can use uh, to give you a lot more functionality. And, you know, we still want your light switches to work in the same way, but we wanna give you a bit of extra functionality. And we also want you to be able to have a smartphone app for that as well. So, you know, imagine you were uh, staying somewhere remote maybe you were, were up north in Canada or we're up north in Scotland and it's in the winter time and there's a lot of snow on the ground and you want to be able to put the heating on your room before you get back because you've been out for a walk you know you should be able to do that for your hotel the same way as you would want mm-hmm. to do that for your house you know so that's what we're trying to do really a little bit of spice
0: I was trying to imagine like my recent hotel stays and there I guess there still isn't very much in the way of automation um you still physically go to the heating unit and turn Mm -hmm. up the heat or turn up the thermostat, but the hotel probably isn't tracking per room their usage at this point?
1: No, no, and I was talking with one hotelier um, just in about September time, and this was in Greece, and she was telling me that she has no idea what her electricity bill is gonna be from month to month, and that's really difficult. Like, you know, electricity bills are starting to go through the roof, um, you want to be able to control this sort of stuff, like turn off lights that aren't being used. And I know often you get like, you have to put the key card in to get the lights to work in the rooms, but then they give you two key cards and one usually gets left in the room, you know? So there's, there is an attempt at like energy saving technology, but you know, what we're trying to do is to, um, is to make that a little bit more modern and a little bit more flexible and software driven really. Because if you wanted to set a timer, it's usually an actual physical timer on mm-hmm. some sort of switch behind the scenes somewhere mm-hmm. and that's just so 1980s <laughs> <laughs> and i love the 80s but we can do better
0: <laughs> do you think that people will worry about privacy like or that the hotel will try to charge them overages for like using more heat than other people
1: well that's a funny thing you mentioned because um i wouldn't want to charge people overages to to use your, your word um for for using the heat um but I do worry about the spying because that's been a big thing in, for example, Airbnbs, and you know the idea with this isn't that it's a, sp- a spy technology. The idea is that it's an assistant. And I we did have, so I've done a few prototypes, right? And we were prototyping in an Airbnb as it happened, and um, we launched a new system. We, we tried a new system where you know we've made the hardware ourselves to do this this particular thing, and so. It's not particularly elegant when you make your own hardware prototypes. And so it was in a box, like a plastic back box that you normally see, um, on the wall next to the light switch or next or, or next to the light. And, um, it, the, the board that we have, the PCB has an led on it. And so you can see it glowing through the plastic and, (laughs) you know, we just installed this new system and we're like, great this is great. We've got the new system online, finally managed to get it installed. And it takes a while to do install these things. There's a lot of wiring, cabling. And then we, we get back and we're ready to try it out. And um, and the following day, it all goes offline and we don't know why it's gone offline. And the guest has ripped it off the wall because he thought he was being spied on. And we're like...
0: Oh, of course.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> and, and, you know, these are things that... These things happen, you know. I can, um, I can
0: definitely see that from the... Perspective of the guest, though, like if I oh, just saw no. this weird contraption with a totally, light.
1: <laughs> totally, and I think you know part of it is our fault for not being clear about what was happening in that Airbnb. You know, we could have done the messaging better. The other thing is, I think it's a very different experience if you put in put it in a hotel because you put it in a hotel, it all of a sudden becomes a premium experience rather than a um, you know rather than a potential spy. And, uh, you know, I think as long as you're not doing things that look like creepy cameras hidden behind bookshelves, then you're fine, really. I mean, the idea of having a tablet in the room, I think is is cool. It's kind of fine. Um, It gives you a lot more interaction. And I think if it's useful, because, again, it has to be useful. It has to be massively intuitive for people to actually want to use it. You know, Mm -hmm. so you have to think about is your grandma going to be able to use that technology, I suppose.
0: Right. Um Right. my first thought would be to include a camera cover on that tablet so absolutely that feel like that you know i don't know if there would be an interactive option for them to be on camera and like literally zoom with the front desk or not or you know zoom well yes i mean that
1: that is a plan so it's good feature development you will get credited uh, <laughs> no, but i think the um, the idea of having a you know a camera cover is is a very simple way of saying you know we care about your privacy um it's difficult when you when you're doing prototype development in an airbnb and all of a sudden you because that that guest was uh not a great guest anyway i think oh, they no. probably would have acted like that regardless you know because um, there were other things that were damaged
0: <laughs> oh no what a bad experience for you too I'm, oh man you mentioned that you um you have a wife uh, are you both working from home how does that work in your family
1: yes we are actually um so my wife is a writer and um she has just uh, she, she won an award for, well, she's just recently a writer, I guess. I mean, the last couple of years. She won an award for a screenplay uh, earlier in the year, and she's just made her first short film, um, which I don't think will be out until 2022, but um, that should be entered entered into, into competitions and things. But yeah, again, difficult having a, um, a house that you're renovating and both of you are trying to work from home. So I have an office in, uh, we have a th- the house is a three-bed house, so I have an office in the third bedroom. Uh, the second bedroom has largely been a workshop until very recently. And, uh, Nina, my wife has been using either the, 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 well, she's been using the bedroom to work from, which had a small desk in it, but she has also been using now the front room as well, which, um, the living room and actually we've only had a living room for about nine months. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we went three years without a living room. It's unbelievable. But, um, yeah so it's difficult trying to do those things you just got to try and find like little places you can work as a as a desk and then uh, it can really get on top of you like the, the idea of doing a renovation i do not think i would do it again um because there's dust everywhere all of the time and sometimes it just gets totally on top of you so imagine you're having a difficult working day and then. And then, you, you know, you're trying to take a break from your work and you step out into a building site. And it's it just adds a different level of stress of like, mm-hmm. oh, now I've got something else to think about. You know, you can't just go and have a quiet cup of tea or a quiet cup of coffee or, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. You know, realistically, you need to think about, oh, can I go out and have a walk or go and feed the ducks or something like that? You know, to actually completely break from it.
0: Which rooms are currently being renovated right now? Your kitchen?
1: Well, uh, right now, my wife is actually staying up north with her mother, so she's in uh, in Mer- well, Merseyside, Chester, Chester, I guess she is, in, uh, in the UK. Uh, and that is because she has developed a dust allergy, which is not oh. the perfect thing to have when you're renovating a house. And we are installing some plaster coving at the moment. So I think you guys have crown molding, right? Uh, the wooden crown molding across the, uh, around the, the top of the houses. Uh, ours is all made of plaster. And so it, it's just a traditional Victorian thing, I guess. And um, it makes a lot of dust, a lot of dust. So oh, right no. now... There is one room in the house. Oh, no, two rooms in the house that are dust-free. They are the office from which I speak to you from, uh, where I also have my bed and my temporary kitchen. And there is the uh, the bathroom. That's it. The rest oh. of the house is just awful. So the, the living room area... Um, We basically have like an adjoining, like in in London, there's a lot of adjoining living rooms, right? So, you know, it would have been a traditional dining room, I guess. We're using ours as a library. Um, So the living room is full of all of our stuff from the kitchen. The library, I'm currently installing a fireplace, hence the mantle I mentioned earlier. So that's full of dust because that creates a lot of dust. Um, The hallway is all just covered in tape and dust sheets and all sorts of stuff the kitchen was ripped out because it was supposed to being supposed to be being installed tomorrow but it's now going to be two months away so after christmas so i'll have a Christ- christmas with no kitchen mm. and uh then the two bedrooms i finally cleared out the second bedroom uh because it's now i've now got like a temporary almost done garage and then my master bedroom is just covered in dust sheets again because it all needs painting and so i'm hoping that the top because we were kind of like we're two-story house but it's split over four floors um, it's like the the front half of the house and the back half of the house are at different heights, essentially. Oh,
0: like you have a mezzanine, and <laughs>
1: it's almost like having a mezzanine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it's just a Victorian house on a hill, so it just means we've got four sets of stairs, really, rather than uh, <laughs> rather than two. Um, so, yeah, the the top very top floor, I'm hoping we'll have done like by the end of the week, hopefully, and that will be a massive step forward. And then we're working towards getting it all done by the end of the year. So I've I've had to get some. I've had to get some help this year, so I've had to get some, uh, some some builders to help me finish some stuff off. Because after after three and a half years, I would just totally run out of steam. Because you're trying to do all of these things, and you know, the working as a consultant is one thing. Adding that extra time from doing a podcast is another thing. Trying to get a, an, a you know a startup off the ground is you know an entirely different beast. And trying to do a renovation, I mean, I've just taken on too much stuff. I think.
0: It sounds like a ninety-hour a week to me.
1: Yeah, it probably is. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it you, you sort of struggle to to work work it out, like how much time you're actually spending on all of these things, you know. And if you try and fit in some exercise as well, then or, or even socializing.
0: <laughs> so Imagine as a, as a writer, she can work anywhere, but does she have to collaborate with anybody locally? Like, is it a problem for her to be off to her mom's for a while?
1: uh not at the moment so she occasionally has to collaborate you know if she's working with a director or um you know if she's making something then she will have to collaborate but you know again zoom is a great thing for doing that and you can do that from a laptop which is great you can do it from anywhere um i know she's got a couple of collaborations that she's got to do well but they're only like little bits like she has to have a call and then she'll go away and write something and then she'll have another call um you know so she sort of dips in and out i guess so she can generally work from her mother's house
0: and what about you would you ever in the middle of the renovation would you ever consider stepping out and working from like the coffee shop or the co-working space nearby hmm. or do you need to be there to help with your contractors who are helping you with your home yeah
1: if i have contractors in then i have a lot of questions that i have to answer yeah. You know? so it's, it's really very fair. difficult for me to step away i mean i haven't had a weekend in a long time because you know i'm answering questions all uh, all week when i've got contractors and then i'm actually doing a whole lot of work myself over the weekend as well as in the evenings that's you know mm-hmm. physical diy stuff um i would love to be able to go away into one of these co-working <laughs> spaces i think i mean the problem for me is that distance like i'd actually much prefer to have my own i have done co-working spaces um so i was working for a consultancy a little while ago Um, i was part owner of a consultancy called magic milestones which is a great little agile um, project management consultancy and we did have co-working space so we were in central london and It's again, it's the co-location thing that we mentioned at the top of the show. It's great if you're together with someone because you can collaborate and you can come up with great ideas. But it's um, I I don't know. And I think on a day to day basis, I do like being able to just be here working from Mm -hmm. home. Um, But I think it's probably because I've got so much stuff on. I mean, I do feed off of the people's energy as well. So, you know, it it is a hmm, it's a rock and a hard place, really. I, I really like being able to just get on with stuff, but it, again, at the same time, it's, it's great to be with, with other people.
0: Are you gonna be uh, the kind of person who once the renovation is done and you're able to take a breath, gonna pick up yet another project? Or can you see like an end in sight where at some point you're gonna settle down to the 40 hours, 50 hours thing?
1: I don't think I will ever settle down to a normal um, 40 hours thing. Um, because I just take on too much stuff all of the time. And it's really ironic, because one of the things I teach people is work, is limiting your work in progress. And I just can't do it myself. The thing is, if you limit your work in progress, you can generally get through stuff a lot faster. And, you know, we've tried, it's a it's a tried and tested thing in the software world. And yet, for some reason, I just keep taking on more and more projects. I've got so many things I would like to do mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, I just need to think about doing them in the right order. I think it makes sense to have a bigger right. brand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that coming
1: when... across on the Zoom?
0: <laughs> a little. <laughs> what about when the renovation is done? You you said hopefully it'll be done by the end of the year, save obviously the kitchen, which is yes. January. Um, how do you think that's gonna change your workflow?
1: Well, it'll be nice to be able to uh, walk into a kitchen and cook some food again for a change, uh, rather than living out of packets and tins. Um, and Deliveroo, um, which uh, gee, you probably don't have that over there. You probably I, have something that else. That sounds
0: really cute, though.
1: <laughs> it is. It is sweet. It's got like a little, uh, a little Roo as its little uh, as its little logo. Um, and actually, I think we're interviewing the the, the CTO for for Deliveroo on the te- on that tech show uh, shortly. Oh, but, um, but yeah, it's like because uh, you don't even have Just Eat, do you? You've got the same thing, but it's called something else.
0: In I the don't US. know what the other thing is. Like I'm thinking Uber Eats and things like that
1: yeah like, so DoorDash. we do have uber eats uh yeah doordash you've got haven't you I, uh, what's the one that snoop doc did the advert for
0: i wouldn't know because <laughs> i know he did the advert
1: you know he did the advert in the u.s because i saw i saw the clip he did the advert in the u.s and the uk and in the uk it's called just eat but in america it's called something else
0: someone someone that's listening will know and tell us. yeah write in if you know the answer
1: <laughs>
0: um what are you eating off of okay do you have like a hot plate or a microwave in your t- temporary kitchen slash office? I have a,
1: bedroom? I have a microwave. I have a coffee machine and I have a kettle. I know a kettle is a uh, a like rare a beast in America. No, it's a um, it, it's it's literally just for boiling water.
0: Oh right, yes, I have had one in the past. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is it is a rare
1: a rare thing, I believe, before, in, the, in the States.
0: Before we were recording, you were gobbling up your your dinner your
1: lunch <laughs> what was that uh that was um that was a pot noodle of uh, of which is I, s- I suppose for a lot of people in the uk a pot noodle would be considered a guilty pleasure um and i think uh, yeah you your equivalent would be ramen noodles i think mm-hmm. uh or you know we also have super noodles as well but it's this kind of pot noodle is kind of like uh I don't know. It's not like you know you know when you get those really cheap packets that are like for you would be a couple of cents and for us yeah. would be a couple of pence. We're not talking that. We're talking like probably about a you know a pound or a dollar a pot, you know. So it's so reasonable. It's reasonable. High
0: class. High class. High class.
1: It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's a little bit more upmarket. Um well, I don't know if it's even considered that in the UK. I mean, it's definitely a guilty pleasure. But yeah, it's uh yeah, that's the first one I've had in a long time. I actually, they're, they're, they're sort of semi-indestructible, I think. So they usually have a, a shelf life of about five years. Right. But I uh, I bought one um, just last year, actually, and uh, and it was out of date. And I was amazed that I'd bought an out-of-date one. I was like, how long has that been on the shelf for? And I thought, oh, it'll be fine. Anyway, it's only out of date by a month. And I was actually very sick of it. So, um, no. so warning, do not eat stuff that, despite having a ridiculously long shelf life, um, it does actually expire <laughs> oh
0: no well you can own it like don't don't feel guilty that you just had this cup of noodles uh it was your it was your uh guilty pleasure i guess and sometimes you just need those right
1: <laughs> well i actually just needed some food i mean that was the general thing and right. um, you know I, I, just working out of tins and and uh yeah it's not it's not great so it'll be and nice to have an actual kitchen
0: survival mode right now like this isn't like the long-term plan what what do you like to eat out of your kitchen when it's functional what do you what is your first thing that you're going to cook when you
1: got oh my god together? that's a great question what would i cook i think i've forgotten how to cook i think <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean my, uh, my my wife and i are both vegan so we're all completely plant-based so we do like to try every now and again making um our own sort of fake meats i suppose we've got quite good at that over a time um so we make our sort of steak substitutes which are made entirely out of vegetables um that's about a 3 or 4 hour cooking process so um you know we'll probably I, I don't know maybe we'll go back to doing some of that i mean realistically recently i've got into more like butter bowls and things like that i just want some fresh food you know after after eating all of this tinned food and dealing with dust i just want stuff to be fresh mm-hmm. um you know and i I do quite enjoy the occasional um, sort of the the fake meats every now and again. But, like, mostly I just want to have, uh, like, some fresh veggies, really. It's it's more important to me than anything.
0: So you don't have any fridge right now?
1: I I actually do have a mini fridge downstairs, but I'm not really... I don't really have the ability to cook with it, if that makes sense, or use it for cooking. So, like, there's there's not really much that I can do in the microwave or with a kettle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have had some, you know, little packets of vegetables that you can steam and stuff. But, you know, I don't really have the time to even go and do the shopping to go and get these things. That's part of the yeah. problem, you know.
0: And is that something that you and your wife normally would share, is, like, the food sourcing <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah we would normally share that i mean we, we've done a lot of um uh a lot of delivery supermarket home deliveries you know in yep. the pandemic but we also very fortunate that we have a really good local um local shop around here that does a lot of uh you know really great organic foods um which is you know again great for having all, all of that sort of stuff but i do i probably do most of the cooking i think um when i do cook
0: do they charge you for delivery? Like, is there an extra like 10 for me to be like a $10 fee? $10.
1: Um, well, that's quite a lot. I think for, for a big supermarket delivery, you they've kind of, cause we've got a few competing ones. They're racing to the bottom to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, so you end up with like, three or four pound delivery if it's a specific slot but i think some of them are even giving it away free now and also there's the threat of amazon fresh so um you know you can do you can get you can get the amazon fresh delivery there's Mm -hmm. you know sainsbury's and tesco which are long established supermarkets and then we've got like ocado which is like the the virtual pretender to the throne i guess um it's been around for like 15 years now i guess but you know we've been doing supermarket delivery for a long time in the uk i guess
0: I think that we've learned that um, if you order through the app and for like Mm -hmm. a pickup. So we often do the thing where we would, especially through the pandemic where we would order all of our groceries online and then they would just load them into the trunk of our car. So we would Mm -hmm. just pull up and they'd open up the back of the van or whatever and just load them in for us. And they weren't allowed to take tips. Um, We could do that through Walmart. We could do that through like the Kroger chain, which is called fries here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I think it's hard to get a little sneaky and they start to like maybe raise the prices of what you buy through the app. So now they're kind of like covering the cost of having the shoppers going around the store for you. Yeah, um, yeah. And so if you walk physically into the store yourself, you might get different prices.
1: That's interesting. And then if you I mean, want them yeah. to
0: deliver it to your home, it's $10 usually.
1: Well, we also, you know, one of these things that, you know, Deliveroo as a company was able to do, and I think some of the other ones as well, just eat as well. So there's a few, you know, Takeaway delivery sort of places, but they've started to add some of the smaller supermarkets as well. So, like the corner shops, the corner mm-hmm. sh- corner supermarkets, oh, yeah. um, you can actually order through the takeaway apps. Um, you know th- through them that's something that came out in the, in the midst of the pandemic so if you want to run a, do a small shop for veggies then you can do that and you're paying the normal delivery fee which is mm-hmm. you know a couple of pounds really and if you've um, got the premium for that as well i think it's free i'm not advertising wonder, delivery i'm not no, intending to okay. <laughs> i
0: wonder if it was instacart that you were thinking of earlier but that's still usually people going into the different shops and and um doing like grocery shopping for you instacart
1: no, I don't think it is. No, um,
0: it must be another food delivery one that I just don't know yet. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's not in Arizona. Uh,
0: so going forward, um, what would be like a perfect day for you? Uh, starting from the beginning to the end, like including a little bit of you know your home maintenance, your home responsibilities and exercise. You said you kind of dropped recently, but
1: well i mean i do like to try and get if i can i'll try and get like an hour of exercise in a day um but this is a relatively new thing of trying to be a little bit fitter and healthier there's more um, than i'm
0: getting so you're good
1: <laughs> uh yeah i've been trying to I've, I've been trying to work out from home but on also going out and doing like you know running for a few miles um okay. um so yeah it's oh, yeah, well, I guess, five miles, That's probably about 8K or something like that. Wow. Um, but
0: working out or re- working out in your room, office, kitchen, bedroom?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been, I've, I've got like, um, a susp- I think it's, I think it's called like a, sp- a suspension trainer. It's called a TRX. And it's like this thing that you can, I'm intending to put it in the garage when, the, when that's finished, um, but you can basically hang it over the back of your door and you can do like, uh, pull-ups and push-ups and pretty much any exercise off this thing it's like two handles on a strap that's attached to the back of the door but I started using that after um, we'd been in hol- on holiday in Greece and we were, I was with a um, uh, a personal trainer there and he was using this thing and I'd never seen it before and I thought it's absolutely fantastic so I might as well continue on with that um, so yeah that uh, uh, trying to get in a, like an hour of exercise in the morning would be fantastic um, realistically what I want to do So keep saying realistically, what I would really like to do is to be able to switch full time into working on my startup and to not have to focus on the house For for the house to be done and for me to not have to do any work on that and for any, you know, DIY, you know, woodwork, metalwork, all that sort of stuff that I do to be optional <laughs> mm-hmm. rather than compulsory, which it pretty yep. much is if you're working on a house, you've got to do it because you've got to finish the place.
0: you got to um, have, have your wife back.
1: I need to have my wife back as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. We, we, we spoke on the phone just before this. Um, and yeah, it's hard work. Um, yeah, so it would be, I, I really, I'd like to be able to just focus on the startup full time. I, I do like doing the consulting work for other organizations but I find the advice a bit better. Like I prefer to do the part-time advisor role of like, have you tried doing this? What about if you did this? Um, because I've seen so many companies, I've taken so many companies through sort of uh, digital transformation cycles, and I like being able to point them in the right direction. Um, I would, quite like to be able to do that on a sort of more ad hoc basis rather than full-time which i'm doing at the moment but i kind of need to do the full-time to be able to fund the startup and to um be able to finish a house i guess yeah so yeah i think the ideal way of working for working from home would be to be able to get up in the morning do a bit of exercise work full-time on the startup and uh, have a few days where you would be you know if I'm installing in a hotel to be able to go and visit the hotels and be able to visit clients and that sort of stuff and to you know the great thing about wanting to do hotels is there's a potential ability to fly all around the world and go and travel as part of the business and that seems like a great lifestyle to be able to go and do that Um, and then I suppose that moves from being a working from home to being a digital nomadic uh, lifestyle and I think you know, I think the pandemic if it's taught me anything is that people who are gonna be part of your team can be anywhere in the world. And actually you get a real benefit from having people all over the world because you get such a different breadth of experience of having all these different people involved, um, you know, and, and also having different time zones is actually can be really advantageous because you you can work around the clock you can get an awful lot more stuff done. You know, you can go Mm -hmm. to sleep and wake up and someone's done something. You know, someone's solved the problem. That's brilliant, really. And then, uh, you know, I would still want to keep doing the podcast because the opportunity to speak to people and learn from their experiences is, you know, invaluable, really.
0: Would you keep the house?
1: Would I keep the house? Um, I think there is... um, There's been a lot of times where I've been sick of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe this is getting to you should probably discuss that with your wife rather than with me. oh no
1: we have to we, <laughs> don't worry this isn't a new thing um we have both discussed it uh, i think ultimately we would probably like to go and, and live somewhere like new zealand really and uh, and completely get away from the world um as it as it crumbles i think the, <laughs> but the uh, i think with the house it, it can be quite exhausting i think we'll probably we'll probably be happy with it when it's done yeah, um, but it's been so painful going through it. I don't think I'd want to do it again. And if we did move somewhere, I'd probably want to keep hold of it because now we're in a position where we actually own a house in London, and the, you know, it, it seemed like a stretch when we bought it, and it was a, it was a bit much, um, especially for something that needed as much work doing as it did. Uh, but the house prices in London have continued to go up. Pretty much only in Walthamstow, funnily enough, oh. uh, which is where we are. Um, okay. Everywhere it's everywhere across London it's largely stagnated or dropped to a very small uh, growth amount. But it's so it's, it's a really nice investment
0: has investment now. It,
1: yeah, it, it's turned into that, um, and mm-hmm. it it and it wasn't when we started because it was a bit stabby um because <laughs> uh, we we don't really have the the, uh, the 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 gun crime thing but we have a knife crime problem really? and um yeah and Walthamstow is one of the stabbiest i think or was um oh. so yeah a lot of people get stabbed in but it tends to be gang related um okay. so yeah don't 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 worry too much you can still visit london and not get stabbed
0: <laughs> do they allow you to operate your home would they allow you where you live to operate your home as like an airbnb while you're traveling the world
1: Uh, i don't think there's any restrictions on that because i own it so there's no um
0: there's restrictions where i live because of the hoa Mm. like the homeowners association wouldn't allow
1: Mm. it yeah we don't have one of them um so that's quite fortunate we've just got a a local council um so, yeah, I don't think there would be any restriction on that at all. And I think that would be largely what we would intend to do. You know, hang on to it because it's worth something. It's a reasonable investment. And then to be able to rent it out or even do like, um, you know, the you can do like swaps, can't you? You know, I want to go and stay in California yeah. for two weeks and someone wants to come and live in London for two weeks, mm-hmm. then we can do a swap. You know, I think that would be great to be There's able to do something like that. There's
0: for that. I have heard I, of Oh, them. exactly.
1: That yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that would be great, really.
0: Let's talk about, uh, for a few minutes before we, you know, head towards the end here, um, exactly who do you serve and, like, when you do the talk Show, what are you trying to accomplish with that?
1: Um, that's a great question. <laughs> because initially, uh, I think Sam and I were just desperate to try and find a way of, talking to more people within the technology industry and trying to enlighten people to what happens within the technology industry but also share some stories and i think you know both sam and i have done consulting work he works in a, in a digital agency uh, leading he runs a digital agency and you know we i talked about the transformations before we, we see so many themes that are common and often you find these things by um talking with people you know you you go oh you've got the same problem as you've got the same problem and you know this one was solved by doing this and this one was solved by doing that so actually if we did this other thing then maybe we you know it's it's logic and putting the pieces together and i think being able to do that for technology um within the technology industry was really interesting to me was to be able to find other technologists and to be able to share their stories the amazing things that they've done and there really are some amazing things that people have done um you know trying to share some of these stories and give people sort of inspiration because I found a lack of tech podcasts around I mean there was a couple that I used to listen to well there's quite, a, there are a few to be fair, but I found a, a lack of ones that were sort of industry specific, if that makes sense. So I used to listen to one years ago that, uh, I think it was called DevOps in the Banana Stand, I think, um, which I think is an Arrested Development reference, but I never really watched that. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> I uh, I used to listen to that, but that was probably like 2012 or something like that, 2013, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And um you know there's so much this industry is changing so fast it it was more okay what can we get out of people's experiences and what can sam and i personally get but you know that's got to be useful for other people to be able to listen to and i think the career development as well is really interesting so for for any student that's listening to to our show we hope to give them some sort of guidance of like how you might start a career in tech and what you could do with that because i've Mm -hmm. You know, I've met so many students that have come out of um, university and not known what on earth they're going to do with their career and how they're going to do, you know, whatever. And and the industry is so different. You know, I study computer science and it's so very different to what you actually study on the course as to what you actually do in the industry. So I think it's... um, it would, you know, I'm hoping that I can give some people some inspiration of how they could go about doing stuff. Um, And hopefully it's an interesting thing for people to, people to listen to. We try not to go too deep into tech because a lot of this is about business. As you will know from, from your own show, a lot of this comes down to people, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is about interaction, relationships, building relationships, um, putting ideas together. And so we don't go, occasionally we go a little deep. But we try to stay a little bit on making it accessible for anyone to be able to listen to that tech show and to be able to um, get something out of it, whether it's about design, whether it's about product, whether it's about coding or, you know, structuring a business, building a startup. Um mm-hmm. We did a meta one, which was actually on starting a podcast. Uh, we, we've, uh, but you know, again at the same time, we've we've met some great people. Like we had a guy called Fred George, who is, um, uh, it was an American fellow who is. I think getting into is probably getting into his seventies now, and he, you know, he invented a hell of a lot of things like microservices, which is how a lot of the internet works these days. And you know, we've just mm-hmm. spoken to a guy called William Adams, who is on our show just coming up this week. Um, I think it's our fortieth episode, and he, uh, he, in- yes, <laughs> he invented. Um, uh collaborative working actually as a software he has a patent for it from 1990 and it's amazing to meet all of these people who've just done such incredible things you know some of them are unsung heroes and some of them are heroes in our industry um Mm. so it's it's nice to be able to to have those conversations and to give something you know to people to that hopefully is an opportunity to hear someone like you know William or uh, or or Fred like years and years down the line. So we try and make that conversation about mm-hmm. them and what they did, and yeah. you know it's a it's an it's an archive material almost as well as a podcast.
0: Interesting. Well, I know when I do these episodes, I I feel like it's not I really benefit personally from the the conversation. You know, I feel like I'm learning, and it's recording the conversation so other people can learn. Um, but also to not feel isolated, to not feel alone, because that's something that I have heard people say again and again, that they they struggle with working alone. Mm. Um, and I'm like, now you can hear people that are, you know, dealing with some of the same things. You are not the only person that's dealt with, you know, renovating your home. Um, actually, Mark Asquith, I interviewed from Cap- Captivate FM, also lives in the UK and also um, is renovating and also, you know, works out of the same room. You know, I, you're not alone. <laughs> like, there's other people that are dealing and with the And it's good to thing. know. Yeah. And like, it just makes you feel like, yeah, you know, there's even though I work literally in a room by myself, you know, there's other people that are doing the same thing as me. I feel like that's got to be helpful to somebody out there.
1: Yeah, I think it's inspiring. I mean, I uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm doing my renovation, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly... Uh, uh, sort of assisted in my uh, in my renovation journey by Mark Maron and Conan O'Brien and a, a number of other people <laughs>
0: there you, go. Um,
1: you know so I'm learning stuff about relationships as well whilst I'm doing that sort of thing so it's it's uh, it's yeah I think it's I, I, I think podcasts are a great medium and I think that they're um, they're just sort of starting out really. Um, I know they've been around for almost 20 years but you know I think mm-hmm. there's um uh, I love well, radio mainstream. content.
0: Yeah, they're oh, all yeah. mainstream now. It's like on demand radio content.
1: Actually, absolutely. I mean, I really do love radio. I mean, like and I I listen you might be guessing I'd listen to a lot of American content as well. So like NPR, for example. I love, yeah, love NPR. Ninety nine percent invisible.
0: Hmm? Stuff you should know is the one that we listen to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean Bye. I like I I like uh I like the stuff we should know on, and I think uh what's the other one? I mean, ninety nine percent invisible. Roman Mars, America. I love his this stuff. American life. Yeah, this American <laughs> Life. I mean, I, I've got. I go through a lot of these because you do when you're renovating. You know, you, you yeah. have to uh, find something to entertain yourself whilst you're sanding or <laughs> doing My something. Kids,
0: I have three kids, and they're starting to get into it too. So, like when we're driving them to school, it's like about eight to ten minute drive, and there's a little podcast and there's short little clips for kids called Who Smarted. And so it's like kind of brainy stuff, but like with lots oh, of cool. like, you know, like just a little kid friendly, like audio, I don't know, stuff that they insert it's gimmicky in some ways. But um, the people that you're interviewing, would you say half of them are working from home more or less?
1: Uh, well, all of our interviews have been over Zoom because we started this and um, we started recording in mid 2020. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they've all been over Zoom. And so I think I think pretty much everybody has been working from home. Um okay. I don't know I don't know if we've met many people who are actually still going into the office yet, mm-hmm. which is interesting.
0: In, in your industry. Yeah. In
1: our Yeah, I mean the industry is is quite broad because it covers a lot of sectors because obviously tech is the backbone to everything these days. Right. So yeah, I think it's interesting. The most, I th- it'll be really interesting to see how many people actually go back to working in an office. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see the effect it has on a city. You know, a city is going to become less congested now because everybody yeah. is working remotely. I know a lot of people who are actually moving out of the city as well. We did interview yeah. one guy quite early on who would. Um, left london for the lake district which is yeah. a very picturesque part of the north of england and um you know he was entirely just getting away from the rat race really because he could do all of his work in recruiting from mm-hmm. home
0: i interviewed someone out of australia perth australia and i hmm remember not remembering his name at the moment but um that was one of the biggest parts of our conversation was just that mass migration into the suburbs and how that's affecting home prices and everything too um yeah it's a thing but i think the hybrid model probably will be the the future for many companies i know that's where my husband's company is trying to go they want to allow people to work from home part of the time but not all of the time
1: what's your husband's company doing
0: uh he is in the semiconductor industry oh wow so they uh make microchips and things like that
1: i they sort of trying to so are they trying to do that part-time then because uh, i guess there's a lot of that that's, that's he quite can physical do,
0: he can do 100 of his work from home um uh, really? they prefer him to go on site when he is on call um, mm. They used to go into like the clean rooms where, you know, the things were all being made and everything, but they can do a lot of the conversations through, you know, Zoom or Teams or whatever they're using mm. right now.
1: I think that's the thing, isn't it? People are realizing that they can do an awful lot more stuff remotely.
0: Yep. And, you know, as they expand, you know, these companies are growing. Um, they don't need to have as much office space. Uh, mm. They can have, you know, drop-in desks for people. Um, I think my husband is hoping and planning on having a permanent desk for himself because he he's being asked to stay on site on site three days a week, mm. eventually. But currently, he's five days a week at home, um, except for when he's on call. So he they they just want to have one person from their team on on site in person just in case. But I don't think anything ever happens that so he needs to be there, so. <laughs>
1: And you've probably answered this on other shows, um, but how are you dealing with both working from home?
0: Uh, It was was interesting because it all happened at the same time as our kids were also from home. So our kids used to go to school in person and they were home with us for 16 months unexpectedly. Um, We ended up homeschooling them for the last five months, but it was... um, even coming from someone who was personally homeschooled and who had planned on homeschooling the children Mm. when I decided to put them in school, you know, all that stopped. So um, we had some curriculum, we have an incredible library of books for our kids, but um, yeah, that was the bigger challenge is having, you know, it'd be just fine. Like right now, currently our kids are back in school. They're in a public school. They're in person this year, wearing masks still. They're, you know, partially vaccinated already, but um, my husband and I are working. So actually I'm in an office that's in my closet. We gutted out our, um, our little small walk-in closet and put wardrobes into our bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he bought, put a desk into our bedroom. So we're also, you know, we're technically both in the bedroom right now, but I'm in a closed room, you know, and there's two doors in between us. So he's probably in a meeting right now as well. Thankfully, you know, our internet is strong enough to handle it sometimes. Um, so he's never on camera. So he's backed up to our bed. You know, if he were on camera, I think he would just do the stand up desk thing and it would just be Mm. like the wall behind him. Uh, But he never needs to be on camera. Uh, The three kids, that was the challenge was trying to get me working. Um, But then all of a sudden, my kid's iPad wasn't compatible with the meeting that his teacher wanted him to log into. So I was giving up my laptop often. Um, Even I think my kindergartner to be able to log into her first day of kindergarten, my husband had to give up his laptop, his work laptop to log in the kindergartner um, while wow. I was logging in another kid so they could, you know, have class um, last year into 2020. Uh, eventually we got everybody a Chromebook and, you know, everybody was in a separate room at some point and I was having to oversee the kindergartner a lot. So I did have to reduce my hours. That was the challenge. Um, but now that the kids are back in school, it's nice. You know, we have, a. I um, I often sit downstairs. I don't, I don't usually hang out in this office because it's a closet with a window. I have a treadmill downstairs. (laughs) I can, I put it in front of a window. I can open the window. I can put a board across my arms of my treadmill and walk while I'm working. Mm -hmm. Um, we often take a lunch break together and go for a walk. So, we're liking it. We're liking sitting down. We're just kind of in the honeymoon phase, I think, of like working from home together.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure but, I could uh I'm not sure I could work from a treadmill. That sounds hard work.
0: <laughs> I, I walk slow, like really slow, like the slowest it will let me, like one mm. mile per hour kind of thing. Um, so you're just barely moving. Uh so we don't really work side by side at all. He's, mm. you know, often on phone calls and in meetings and focus. And he's more of an introvert and a homebody than I am. So I'm often the one that's like running out and going to get groceries. And, um, I'm currently job hunting. So I'm like working on my resume and, uh, collaborating with people and, you know, podcasting or, you know, different things. And so yeah, I'm yeah. often like talking and he's often trying to be quiet. And so we don't normally work in the same space, but we do like working. He'll even say it. He's like working from home is the best because, you know, we were just able to have lunch together and sit and have coffee for a few minutes. So we for a quick stroll around that neighborhood and, you know, get back to it.
1: Oh no, I mean I'm I'm one hundred percent in for the homework and I think it's it's great. I think it must have been very difficult for those with kids because we don't have kids, so you know, I think it must have been very difficult for those with kids as you're saying, but like to mm-hmm. just for to get them to focus on stuff I think must be difficult, right?
0: It was it was hard for everybody, um, because it was just such a massive change in our daily life for every single person in the whole family at the same time I was used to being alone during the day <laughs> and then all of a sudden
1: all <laughs> everybody
0: was here and so I kind of felt like this was my space and my time that I was going to get stuff done and yeah it was a big change for us
1: did you um, did, did did it take a while for the kids to settle into actually I'm doing my lesson on my iPad or my Chromebook now
0: Well, it was hard because nobody knew what was happening. The teachers had no idea how to make it work. The teachers were figuring out the technology. Um, You know, the the admins of the school still didn't know what was up. And like there weren't enough computers to give to everybody. And, you know, they're asking you, do you have devices at home that you can use? And we're like, yes, we've got, you know, two fire tablets and iPad. We're good. And then ended up that the devices that we had weren't compatible with what they wanted to use. And so, Mm. you know, there was just several weeks of just everyone being, you know, in uproar of not knowing what was going on. And that was frustrating. But I think eventually people settled into that rhythm and we finally figured out, you know, I have a hard time keeping up with just my own stuff and now all of a sudden having three other people's schedules to maintain. And like, you know, they were like, log- it's not like they would log in at eight o'clock in the morning and be done at three in the afternoon. Oh, it was yeah, yeah. like they'd log in at 10 o'clock for English and my other kid would have to log into social studies and my other kid would have to log into her 10 minute kindergarten meeting. And I had timers. Like I had alarms on my phone and the echo dot was like going off every 15 <laughs> minutes with reminders of who needed to be where. That was, um, so eventually we pulled the plug and we're like, I'm just going to homeschool you <laughs> for the last five months. We just homeschooled and we called it game schooling. And we were just playing games that taught lessons like math, um, you know, strategy and color. I mean, there's a game for just about everything. So, um, you know, and just using it for like, there were story building games. Like you, you tell a story as part of the game. And then the next mm-hmm. one would be like, um, and we'd go for a long walks together and bike rides. Like it was nice when everyone was able to just have the same schedule. And so like, let's go for a bike ride <laughs> for PE today. Um, You know, and I had math books. Thank God I had math books. Um, When everyone unexpectedly was homeschooling, you couldn't just go buy a math book. You couldn't even buy a headset for a while from Amazon. So like the fact that I even had some of these things in the home was just fantastic. But I told, I actually told my kid, I'm like, if you can just use this math book that I have here, it's like one year advanced from what your grade is. I will just, instead of buying the $80 math book for, you know, your appropriate grade, if you can just share the one with your sister who's a year older than you, I will buy you a video game (laughs) because I will save so much money. So, you know, just little tips (laughs) and tricks like
1: that. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Pretty clever. That must have been so hard work though.
0: It was survival mode, yeah. So I did cut back my hours. I wasn't able to Mm. work full-time during that time. It was just too much. And thankfully I was... um, you know, my own boss at that point, like I technically was working for two ESL companies, but I was an mm. independent contractor and I could just reduce my hours. I didn't have to, um rather than opening up my full schedule for 40 hours a week, I just opened it up for 20 hours a week and it worked.
1: Yeah. Do you think in like post-pandemic as well with a lot of people working from home, do you think that's affected people's um, perspective on what's important as well? Because, you know, you're oh. talking about yeah you know spending that time with your husband being able to have a coffee and you know that sort of thing it it, it does it does change your perspective i think and what you actually want right
0: well it's it's a huge thing right now, and I don't even know that we're technically post-pandemic yet. Um, you know, a lot that's of us true. Are still living I, as that we're still in the middle of it.
1: I think we've, um, I think we've, I think we're jumping ahead. I mean, you hear it a lot in the media, don't you, about post-pandemic? But you know, yeah. I'm still wearing a mask everywhere I go.
0: And but we allowed our kids to go back to school this year. You know, yeah, we are starting to live as though we're on mm. the, you know, way out. But um, you know, that's why they they say that they're having the Great Resignation right now. So many people yeah, have left yeah. their jobs, not because some because of childcare or, you know, elder care or some other kind of reason that, you know, they specifically can't work. But others are just like, no, my priorities are different. I want to have this. I need to have that. I'm not going to settle anymore for, you know, this kind of pay or something like that. So I think well, a lot of yeah. people, there's a huge shift.
1: Well, I think that's what I, you know, for, for me, start getting a startup off the ground as well. I think it's really important that, you know, employees that will work for me will feel valued, you know, so at the moment everyone's putting in a lot of sweat equity, but I wanna make sure that that equity, genuine equity is rewarded because so very rarely do organizations actually reward equity. And I think, you know, if people are putting in the effort then they deserve something back. You know, if they're going mm-hmm. to do like I did at Amazon where I, w- I would work, I think I counted, I did actually count the hours I did for Amazon and it was about four years worth of work in two years, oh. um, which was insane. Um, but that's how they treat people. And, um, you know, I got nothing back for that really other than um, uh, being able to dine out on the fact I worked for Amazon for about de- for about a decade, <laughs> getting different various other different jobs. But okay. I think... Um, you know, actually having some sort of financial reward would be, you know, desirable. And I think that that's, I expect that that's what employees are going to be looking for in in a new world.
0: Well, and I think that, um, you know, I've had this conversation again recently, but, you know, what the benefits package looks like is people are, wanting to know if the remote work is going to be an option. Like, I think people want to know upfront, am I going to be able to have flexible flexible hours autonomy in terms of, you know, like, am I going to have to be hourly? Do you need me to clock in? Do you need, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, am I going to be offered any remote work, you know, equipment for my desk or Mm -hmm. my chair or something like that? So I think in addition to just, um, you know, being compensated, you know, with the living wage, uh, it's important to just, you know, find out like what kind of flexibility are they going to be offered?
1: Yeah, I think, I think so. I think it's, um, it's, it's all of those things that become part of the the new benefits package, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you have any favorite uh, ways to communicate? Because you did talk at the beginning about how you had to learn how to communicate with the team remotely, even when you were working in the office, but you're working with international group. What what ways have you learned more recently to to build that relationship that you had in person that you can't now?
1: Well, I think there is still something missing, if I'm honest. So, yeah. you know, in, in the past, we'd always talked about mechanisms. Like what were the specific mechanisms that you were using to be able to get people to communicate and talk with one another? And it would be like, you know, a set of, like a cadence of meetings, that would give you like a frequent check-in on different topics throughout the week. So, you know, we would do like a a project review, which would be, you know, an hour, for example, and it would take in 60 projects potentially within a whole hour, you know, which is going through a lot of projects pretty damn quick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One minute per. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny enough, that's a technique we, we took from Amazon. Um, <laughs> so that one actually, do, that one actually works pretty well. And then we'd have like a thing which we'd call a scrum of scrums, where we'd bring all of these different project teams together to do like a 20 minute review of the critical things that were actually in progress at that particular moment in time. And we would do this for like, you know, anywhere between sort of 10, maybe 15 teams or something like that to mm-hmm. check in. And we still do those meetings remotely. And, uh, you know, I, the, the, the client that I'm working for at the moment, I'm doing that projects meeting remotely at the moment. There's about 60 people on that call and I host it as, as the chair. And obviously I think it helps to have someone who's going to be quite animated presenting and hosting, uh, cause it tries to keep that energy up. So I find that like going between some of these sessions that we would have traditionally done, um, physically you know they used to drain they, i used to feel relatively drained after them anyway because it is like performing when you do those sessions because yeah. i am trying to keep the energy up i'm trying to give everybody a boost we'll it's listen. probably more absolutely and a landless and yeah and figure out what the hell we need to do next um i i mean i'm trying to do that remotely now and it, there is still something missing because there are there are great tools that we can use now like for years we didn't have a good whiteboarding technology and there's a one out now called Miro which is just brilliant frankly it's really great so there's a lot of collaborate you can work on a whiteboard remotely with other people brilliant do you have Um, to
0: use it in conjunction with another platform or does it's just on the web it's just on the web
1: I mean so you know you can share your screen you can screen share it and everybody can be logged into the whiteboard and everyone can be working on it which is great if you're trying to do like uh you know some design of some something Mm because you can just draw on it or you're trying to do a retrospective of like what went well and what went bad, and you want to okay. have the equivalent of being able to stick post-it notes on a board. You can stick post-it notes on a on a on this virtual board, you know. So there's great tools like that that are available that that um that help a lot, but the um, the energy is different. So I mean, I used to do. Uh, I mean, I have two trips and ticks. Yeah, trips, tips, and <laughs> techniques. Oh my word! Um, there are things that I do. That do kind of break the ice with these things and try and help people to to uh, uh, to, to share things. So I, I have often done a terrible, terrible joke, and it, it's it's not the same joke; it's different jokes. Um, but a, a start of a meeting where you've got to get people to share things, like in a scrum of scrums, for example, people could be sharing something that's really bad, you know, bad news. This thing is going to be late, or we've made a mistake with this, or you know, all that sort of stuff. And I. Um, I realised that actually if I told a terrible joke, like really bad, where no one laughs and everyone goes, oh God, I'd said the stupidest thing in that session. So then people felt a little bit more comfortable sharing their (laughs) terrible thing. And surprisingly, it worked really well. (laughs) So there are things that you can do like that, but you still miss that energy there is definitely an energy that's, that's, that's missing when you, you can't see somebody face to face but yeah the tools are much better than than uh, than we used to have uh, you know we used to have like at the Amazon sort of world we would have cameras pointed at whiteboards and we'd have cameras that were facing one room and facing another room so you could see into this other room that might be you know you might have a room in london that can see into seattle and then when seattle um when london had gone offline and seattle were then uh, dialing into bangalore so they could see the bangalore guys and then we'd pick up with the bangalore guys and see the you know the, so it was going round the clock you would share these conference rooms and everybody could wow. see into like the war room that might have like 15 people surrounded by monitors working and we would try and find ways of sharing so we could see each other um, and see it but work in a room and it's funny you you do get a little bit more of that energy can be transferred when it's a room to a room maybe Um, but yeah it's uh, it can be tricky because now we're trying to do this thing where people go back into the office and so there might be a room from the office that's dialing in And then everybody else is remote and it's weird when you're trying to do both like it can be difficult to try and have it it generally works better if you're either all on a conference or you're all in in person Mm -hmm. and well i think trying to find this hybrid is interesting but uh yeah i think people might start experimenting with some of the vr and things like that but yeah there's definitely there's definitely something missing because I think there has well there has been some conversations recently about do we want to try some of these like Oculus headsets which I think is the direction Facebook have been going recently right where um, really yeah where you know would you would you have a virtual office that everybody sits in so you've got your headset on and then you can virtually be next to somebody uh, you can virtually get into a meeting room does that feel a little bit more together
0: there's I don't know. a uh, I I didn't interview him for this podcast, but I interviewed a, a gentleman who helped found uh, Gather Town. And have you heard of that one before? I haven't,
1: no, but Look that I, one up. I can guess Gather what it might
0: Town. be. <laughs> Basically, it's almost like 8-bit, you know, people walking around. But then, yeah, you get into, you physically go into a meeting room, physically meeting, virtually go into a meeting room, and then you're talking like this side by side. Yeah. And you can sit around a table um, so I think they're trying, um, it's still, I'm sure they're, you know, working and working and working on making improvements and making it more realistic, but
1: yeah, I've seen, I've, I've just brought it up now. And I think there's, um, yeah, there's a few things that are out there that are a little bit like this. I think the thing that I'm, I, I saw one the other day that was a bit more VR, like, like a bit more rather than it being 8-bit it was more like virtual reality.
0: Like I can um, see it going that direction. That'd be cool.
1: Yeah. I think that would be interesting.
0: Makes me think um, of the movie uh Ready Player One, where yes. they basically just live in that world. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And you know, that's certainly a possibility. I, I'm it, despite being a techie, I'm not sure if it's a possibility that I particularly want, uh, true. <laughs> but right. um, yes, because it's interesting that you, you know, you were mentioning before about like having the uh, the, the echo dot and stuff like that. And I don't have any of those, you know, I do have them for testing my home automation stuff, but they're right. in a the drawer generally. I can see why. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I don't have a smartphone. I've got a little Casio watch. and No
0: way, really. You know,
1: my, my car is 100% analog. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I, I tend to have to sort of get away from it a little bit. I tend to pull okay. away and pull back from it. So I, I don't know. I, I, the, thing I, the thing I'm most against with the going back into the office is the commute, I think. Mm. And then because of the way I work anyway... Mm -hmm. I find myself when I'm in in an office space sort of being at a bit of a loss. Like I want to do something else to distract myself so I can then come back to it with full force, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, So at least if I'm working from home, I can go, right, I'm just going to get away. and I'm going to think about something else. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to have a conversation with my wife or a cup of coffee or something like that, and then I can come back and it's, you know, different then. Whereas sometimes, you know, I would find myself in an office where I'd go, I'm just going to go outside because I've had enough. I can't be in this office anymore. Um, And then you have five minutes outside, have a little walk, and then come back again. And um, you almost feel a little bit trapped there in that instance because you go, right, well, what time is it? Okay, well, it's like, you know, one o'clock or whatever. I've got another three or four hours to go, and then I can go home. But then it's another hour on the tube. And then, (laughs) you know, you start planning out what's going on in your day of all of the things you've got to go through. So... I don't Is there know. a
0: possibility that you would end up commuting back again right now with the consulting firm that, or the firm that you're consulting with? Um,
1: I'm actually going into the office to see them uh, on Wednesday, and we're recording this on, on the Monday right now. So, okay. um, yeah, I, I'm i going into the office to see them then. Um, but it, it also feels a bit weird. Like, I don't know, I, I think uh, I've got a little bit of um, – pandemic fear i guess i don't really i never really liked being on the tra- on public transport anyway because i don't know if you've ever travelled on public transport in in london not um, in london yeah london's interesting because uh, if you go in peak hour then you, you know you're guaranteed to have your face in someone's armpit okay. um it's yeah. never pleasant and um so you know i don't really want to go back to that and especially not in a because wo- the thing is well now i think everyone's so sensitive to someone sneezing or coughing <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
0: it might not be as congested as it was in the past.
1: Well, I did I did go on a little um I did have to go on a little trip the other the other day um to meet some people again in an off- in, in one of the offices in London. And uh I was really surprised because in London we still have this uh, this rule of you must wear masks on public transport and I I guess it's probably a third of people that are wearing them. Um This is, I actually think this is the reason why London's had such a, well, the UK has had such a bad outbreak because um, we've had things like mask mandates and people just don't do it. And then, you know, no one's policing it. So
0: it was the same in Arizona when we had them.
1: Hmm. I mean yeah I mean you know we had an option right if if everybody had had, uh, had either gone and worked from home and actually worn masks and hidden themselves away for a few months it probably all would have gone away but everybody right. wants I who ever thought it would be this divisive to wear a mask um right. anyway I don't want to. I don't want to bring that into. I, I don't want to bring that into your podcast, bloody hell. <laughs> I mean,
0: I think like some people are like, "Well, this don't talk about you know the pandemic so much." And I'm like, "How can you not? It's such a yeah. huge, huge, huge part of our life right now." But yeah, try to get the best mask you can for that ride in. Yeah, and well, I think
1: I, I think I'll probably drive in, if I'm honest, to that's on Wednesday. Not a bad idea. Because I was going to. Um, yeah, I, I I was just surprised by how few people in london we're actually mm-hmm. on, not not even on the tube but on the street um, and then it is a bit weird to go and be in a room with someone who you don't know where you know you're friends with them you've known them for years in some instances but like you don't know whether they've got it or not and my the reason why i'm probably so uh, so affected by it is that my wife actually got long covid so she was actually oh. in bed for six months as well oh, no. um where she actually couldn't get out of bed like she oh, could no. go to the bathroom and that would that would be it she's wiped out for the day mm. you know so i am just despite the fact that we're both double vaxxed i'm a little bit wary that you know i know people who are double vaxxed well yeah. i know people double vaxxed who are were, who were still getting them get still getting hey, yeah, it you know so you know, I think it's, uh, it's something to be a little concerned about, I guess.
0: And I think that, you know, you and I probably both are, you know, people, people, (laughs) I, I like talking with people and even, even now, like things are changed, like, you know, especially in the States talk about divisive, uh, you know, (laughs) it's all of that plus more, you know, that is affecting relationships. And so, yeah, I can see any kind of hesitancy about heading back in, but I wish you well and I hope it goes great. (laughs) I hope it goes very well. Do you have any final things you'd like to say just to the audience? Who People who work from home, they might be entrepreneurs, they might be freelancers, they might be employees or bosses or managers. Uh, Do you have any advice that just in general for people who work from home? Uh,
1: I think the one thing I would say is that people have always, I think a lot of people, and presumably not the people are listening to the podcast, but a lot of people who, who think that sort of schooling and your learning stops when you finish school or when you finish university. And I think the most important thing is that you keep learning and you keep trying to find new experiences and you keep looking elsewhere. And I think obviously this podcast is a great, a great example of being able to listen to other people's experiences. Um, and see what other people are doing, and and you know all of the point great points that you've mentioned about like feeling like you've got somebody there even though you're working from home. But it's it is a learning opportunity. You, there's so much you can learn from. Um, and if you if you are an entrepreneur and you are working from home or you are a contractor, then uh, then also give my show a go <laughs> Cause, um, because because we're, we're we're speaking to great people on that tech show, and I think. Uh, you know, we're we're not that deeply technical. Occasionally, we will go a little deep, but you know, if you are um, if you are interested in. What is essentially now the backbone of our society, and how that happens, how that gets made—that the, the uh, we reveal the magicians behind the magic that is this new technology—that is our little catchphrase. Um, so yeah, take a listen and see if it, see if you can find someone who will inspire you, because we speak to people from all over the world. For some reason, we're quite big in Norway right now, so we've got quite a oh, few yeah. Norwegians on, um, and they've done some amazing stuff as well. But we've got uh, we've had people from all over the globe so far, whether that's. Uh, uh whether that's india or africa or um america or the uk or i think we've had a we've even had an irish person on and a dutch person and uh, a lot of norwegians so we're, we're, we're uh we're, we're racking them up
0: that's a lot <laughs> we're trying of to get episodes. everybody yeah okay. yeah we're trying
1: to get around we're trying to get around but um and
0: yeah my apologies for every single time that i said the tech show when it's actually that tech show <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's okay i thought that's you might reaction. just edit it out at the end <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, how can people find you or that tech show? Uh,
1: well, uh, I'm ha- more than happy to connect with anybody on LinkedIn. Uh, also on on Twitter, and uh, that tech show is at that tech dot show. Uh, so you can find our website there, and we're also on Twitter at that tech show. I think it's underscore, but we'll. we'll I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we can put something in the notes, maybe. We'll get in the show notes. <laughs> you guys.
0: And Chris, why yeah. don't you go ahead and spell your name so people can find you on LinkedIn?
1: Oh, yes. It's Chris Adams. So it's double D like the Adams family.
0: Very good. All right. Any final thoughts? or Are we good?
1: I think we're good. I think we got it.
0: All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> this has been Chris Adams and Abram Malone with Yes, I Work From Home. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Chris.
1: Thanks.